Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Transform Church. If you're watching online, I'm so glad that you're with us as well. And all of you wonderful, amazing people in the house this morning, we're glad that you're here with us. And so today, I want to speak to you on an amazing topic. And it's kind of interesting because here's a topic. What are you full of? <laughs> now, now, don't, don't say anything just yet. Because we all know some people that are full of stuff, but we might not be able to describe it or speak it in pleasant company, yes? So, <laughs> but we'll get there in the end. So, turn, your neighbor, turn to your neighbor and say, what are you full of? <laughs> so this week, on Monday and Tuesday, all right, enough fun. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can have fun. This week on Monday and Tuesday, I was at Burwood East, and we were at a conference dealing with talking about Jesus, which is amazing, right? Uh, but we're really specifically leaning in a little bit about Christianity in Australia and how Christianity is not actually flourishing. Did you know that? Christianity is actually on the decline for the last 50 years in Australia. Because the reality is that Christ followers or Christians are very hesitant to share their faith with their friends, their co-workers, their schoolmates, their neighbors, and even their family members. We're very hesitant because we're fearful of being ostracized. We're fearful of being judged. We're fearful of being called bigots and all these wonderful terms that are out there that you know and experience all the time. And so we're very hesitant to say that. And because of this, Christianity as a whole has been on the decline in Australia for over 50 years. So let me ask you a question. And this brings it right home. When was the last time you invited a co-worker, a friend at school, a neighbor to church? When was the last time you did that? And then ask yourself a question, why haven't you done it? Why have you been so hesitant? Why have you not leaned in? Is it not that Jesus is important in your life? I'm sure he is, right? You all believe in Jesus for most of you. And if you have not come to that stage yet, well, we're glad to hear anyway because you get to hear about Jesus. He's amazing. And if you're going to be honest, we're reluctant to do that because, again, we feel threatened. So, but the reality is that we are called to carry the message of Jesus to everyone. We are to be vehicles that carry what Jesus meant to the world. And if we believe it, and I truly believe that all of us believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? Because if you didn't believe it, why are you here on Sunday? Why are you sitting here listening to me? You believe that Jesus is important in your life. You believe that faith is important. So if we really love him, if we really believe in him, if his words are true and they have some weight to it, then that leaves us with a challenge. How do we carry his message to those around us? Do you think that's important? Absolutely. So let me start 
where John, if you don't know John, John was one of the disciples of Jesus, and he was a great follower of Jesus. And so he starts right at the beginning, and it's always a good place to start, right? At the beginning. So let's start at the beginning. Don't worry, I won't keep you all day. But John writes this beautiful, poetic, vivid, powerful description of Jesus. And perhaps we've read it so many times, it has just become mundane to us. We don't take it for the quality and the veracity and the the beauty of the scripture. It's such a poetic part of John's introduction. And maybe we've forgotten because we've just stopped looking at those verses with adoring eyes as we used to. When we first encountered Jesus, we were amazed by this. And because we've read it so many times, it just becomes words on a paper now. But I'm asking you this morning to begin to look at this portion of Scripture with fresh eyes, like you're reading it for the very first time. You're going to lean into this, and John begins to introduce Jesus in such a beautiful and wonderful way. And I love how he introduces. So John's words just sweep us into who Jesus is. I'm going to read that to you. I'm asking you to lean and look at it through John's description, if you can, for the very first time. Is that okay? So this is how John, one of Jesus' disciples, introduces him. And he starts at the beginning. So John, chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. And without Him, nothing was made that had ever been made. Powerful. In Him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory. The glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Out of his fullness, we have received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. How powerful are those words? How beautifully poetic. And I want to draw you to two words that John uses to encapsulate Jesus. And he describes Jesus as this way. Jesus is full of grace and truth. Say it with me. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Which is a huge contrast, to be honest, because as Christians, sometimes we are not full We have a lacking. 
Because sometimes we look down on other people. We look down judgmentally. We look down and ostracize. We look down and think that they're less because they don't have the same understanding we do. We shy away from people we think don't measure up to the same standard that we have in our life. And for many people in this world, many people across our communities, they have been pushed away by so-called Christians because of the way we've tried to introduce Jesus to them. How does John introduce Jesus? And how do we introduce Jesus? People have left the church because, quite honestly, the church has become, or has been, or dabbles in the bit of hypocrisy. A bit of judgmentalism. We look down sometimes. People don't want to come to church because they see no value in it. This is far from what Jesus is and what he represents. Of course he's valuable. Of course he's essential. Of course he's so important that our life will not be able to function at its true optimal capacity if we don't have Jesus in our life. We struggle with that sometimes. And the reality is that, as I said before, a growing number of Australians identify as post-Christian. You know, they've had some exposure to Christianity. They've left. What is post-Christian? Well, maybe they came to church when they were a kid. Maybe they got baptized. Maybe they came for a little while. But then something happened that turned them right off and they left the church because they didn't see it as important anymore. They rejected it. It's not that they don't know. It's that they don't care. Because we have turned people away when Jesus welcomes them home. Faith in Jesus has moved from being so important and central in people's lives to forgettable and something we tack on the fridge. Shifted from something being positive into actually becoming a threat because sometimes when people say that they're Christian, they're labeled as bigots. They're labeled as, you know what? You're not open to understanding. You're not able to comprehend. You're not good enough in the sense that you won't accept anyone. You won't love anyone. You're bigots. You hate. And so the question all of us have to wrestle with in our world is this. How do we faithfully represent Jesus in a post-Christian culture? How do we faithfully represent Jesus in a post-Christian culture? Because the reality is that they're all around us. Our neighbors, our friends, our schoolmates, and sometimes in our very families. People that have left the church because of what they've seen in the church. The world has become so divided, hasn't it? We're divided over politics. We're divided over race. We're divided over what's right and wrong. We're divided on how to educate people. We're divided whether we're progressive or conservative. We're divided in so many different areas. It's hard to understand that people will even come together under a common banner. 
And that's why the church is so important, because a world divided needs a united church. A church that's unified under the banner of Jesus, that proclaims who he is and what he represents. A church has to be united in its focus, in its calling, in its reach to the community. In a world that is so divided, we need to be together. We need to be united. No matter what goes on around us, our mission has never changed. It has remained the same since Jesus walked on this planet. We must be true Jesus followers. We must remain focused to what he's called us to do. Not be distracted by what's going on around us, but be laser focused in on the message and the calling that Jesus introduced in our life. We must be engaged with our neighbors, our community, people around in our world. They're there for a reason. We have to be able to be engaged with them. See, the reality is this. How do we do this? Well, we are called to live and love with grace and truth. I want all of you to say it with me. We're called to live and love with grace and truth. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, we're called to live and love with grace and truth. I want you to really listen to that. Because that's what John said. That's who Jesus is, isn't he? He is full of grace and truth. Not just one or the other, but he's full of both, completely full. He says this again, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the only one son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Full of both. Full of grace and truth. All of us know someone that's full of something. Again, don't say it. Right? But the word from the original text is paris, which means full, full to the brim, abounding over, thoroughly full. You ever have a glass that's full of water and you put it on the counter and it's like, Almost full, you have a little water over, it doesn't fall over yet, but it's almost, it's completely to the brim. What happens when you try to move it? It spills, right? It falls over. That's what he's saying. We have to be people that are so full of grace and truth. When anyone touches us or comes close to us, it just naturally falls over. It falls into their lives. Grace and truth just spills over automatically. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. But just who that is, it just flows over into their lives. Because we are full of grace and truth. It overflows in people's lives. It overflows in anyone we encounter. Anyone we touch. Overflowing with grace and truth. Not just one or the other, but to be both full equally. Often, however, we've had divisions. You see? Because it's like on a playground, you know, you have a, play, a game, you play a game on the playground, and then they pick two captains and they pick the teams, right? You're on my team, you're on my team, you pick, you pick, and then you split up and then you play a game, right? Sometimes it happens in the church. 
Because here we have Team Grace, right? And on this side, we have Team Truth. It seems like you need to pick one. Because we're not full of either. We retreat to extremes. See, Team Grace is all about loving. Let's love everyone. Let's embrace everyone. Let's make sure they just everyone's loved on. It's so amazing. It's all about love. It's love. And then we have Team Truth. You know, we need to tell people the truth. We can't sugarcoat stuff. Because what good is that? We have to tell them this is the truth. Because guess what? It's the truth that sets you free. Right? And so we have these extremes. Team Grace and Team Truth. On either sides. Battling for people as they come in. You need to be this way and you need to be that way. But see, Jesus wasn't on Team Grace or on Team Truth. He was Team Jesus because he was full of grace and truth. He didn't have one or the other. He was full of grace and truth because here's important. What's here's what's important. Grace saves, but truth sets free. Right? Grace saves, but truth sets you free. But we struggled with this concept. We've wrestled with it. And either we've picked one team or the other because, you know, we need to stand for something. So let's stand up for the truth. But we have to love someone. Let's love for the truth. And to be honest, we haven't got it right. Most times we've messed up. I've messed up. I've messed up in this area because I've struggled. You know, sometimes I'm like, I'm dabbling over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm running over here. I've messed up. Because I haven't got it the way it should have. And because I haven't, sometimes people get hurt. People in your world have gotten hurt because you haven't got it right. Our biggest challenge is leaning too far one way or the other. We go to extremes and go into corners. It's like boxes in a ring, you know. You're looking at that other team as you guys are wrong. And they're looking at the other one. I'm going to just knock you out because you're wrong. See, what truth says is this. Truth says it's great. It's right, isn't it? The truth, it's truth. You have to talk about the truth. And absolutely, you have to speak truth. You can't just sugarcoat and lie. You have to speak truth. Well, it's the truth because the Bible says so, and because it says so, that settles it. And when people ask us questions like, but why does this happen? No, no, no. No questions allowed because it's the truth. It says so, and that settles it. It's the truth. But, no, but, there's no room for grace and truth. It's just the truth. That's it. And most times, children who grow up in that sort of environment grow up to be rebels. They're bordering close to hate because now they look down on other people. Because guess what? You're not in the truth. You're not in the truth. You might be coming to church, but you're definitely not in the truth. We need to pray for you. Make sure you are at prayer meeting on Friday at 9 p.m. Because you need prayer. Because you're not in the truth. 
We become judgmental. We become hate-filled. We look down on other people. Because yes, it's the truth, but there's no love anymore. It's not tempered with grace. I'm sorry, sometimes I struggle with people like that. <laughs> I'm like, they're the hardest people to get along with. Because you just want to knock them out sometimes. <laughs> Is it okay to say that? It's true. Then you have grace, right? The grace people are like, it's all about love. You know, we want to love everyone. We want to embrace anyone. Who are you to judge me? We're all sinners. We're all messed up, you know. And so you can't tell me how to live. You can't tell me because, you know what? I'm just, it's a cool lifestyle. You know, it's cool. I can do whatever I want because it's all about love. And it's just, you know, I have to be loved and you have to love me and you love you. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's all about love. You do you. I'll do me. Because, you know, as long as you love yourself, it's all good. And so the problem is, when we go to extremes, we become isolated, and there's a huge divide in the church. There's a huge division, because we're on separate sides, batting and trying to win people for Team Grace and Team Truth. And Team Jesus is actually losing. And we face two problems when we retreat into different teams. Problem number one, truth without grace leads to rebellion. Truth without grace leads to rebellion. It becomes a strict thing about following rules. But rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Rules without context leads to rebellion. And I guarantee you, kids raised up in a truth household, just purely given truth, get in trouble because they walk away from God. Because they don't know why they're doing it. It's just about the rules. It's all about you have to look this way. You have to behave this way. You have to act this way. Forget about why. You just have to do it. You need to be on church. You need to be at church at this time. When you were growing up, hopefully you didn't grow up in that kind of house. But if you did, you struggle sometimes. It guarantees you rebellious kids. Rules without relationship pushes people away from God. Then we have problem number two. Grace without truth leads to relativism. Grace without truth leads to relativism. What is relativism? Well, it's like this. There's no such thing as absolute truth. You have your truth, and I have my truth. We're both right. Because you're true, and I'm true. That's what the world is saying. It's all about everyone being true. So there's different things, different ways. You can think that way. I can think this way. It's all good because your reality is not my reality. And your truth is not my truth. And so grace without truth leads to relativism. How can you tell me how to live? Because my truth is different from yours. And that extends to God. How can God tell me how to live when I have my truth and he has his truth? It's all about being happy. It's all about being loved. Just love you. Don't hurt anyone. That's what's important. As long as you don't hurt anyone and you be kind, it's all good. So you know what we do when we end up being in these two teams and two different extremes? This is what I call dabbling in Jesus. Right? This is where we come to. 
And it's a sad thing. This is what's common today. We get doses of Jesus. You know, we open up our Instagram. It's like, oh, I'm going to listen to this five minutes or 30 second clip of my favorite preacher. And I'm just going to tap it, double tap it, little heart thing. Tell them I like it. And if I'm getting really spiritual that day, I might type it, amen. You know, and if I'm super spiritual, I want someone else to listen to this, I might share. And that extends everywhere. Because, you know, coming to church, I can come to church, but don't get me involved. I'm not committed. I'm not serving. I'm not giving. I'm just here because it makes me feel good that I'm doing something. I'm just getting a little dose of it. Not enough to change my life, but enough to make me feel good. Just enough to make me feel like I'm okay, I'm spiritual, I've got this thing together, but not enough to make a difference in my life. We just want little doses when we live on these extremes. I come on Sunday, that means I'm good. I show up for an hour and a half, that's great. I'm a good person. I'm not going to tell anyone about Jesus. I'm not going to share anything. But hey, I'm here. Don't you see my smiling face and my beautiful attire? I'm here. But I'm not going to share it during the week. When the church says share, we're on YouTube Live. I'm not going to share that because what if my friends see that? What if my neighbors know where I am? I told them I'm going shopping. What if they know that I'm hanging out with these Christ followers? Do they look at me different? Will they not invite me over to the little barbecue after? We want just enough to feel good, but not enough to make a difference in our life. See, that's the whole problem. See, when Jesus came, he came, he was full of grace and truth. And so, I remind you again, we're called to live with grace and truth. Because grace saves, but truth frees. What is grace? Well, grace is the word carious, you know, carious. The undeserved kindness, favor, the goodwill, the unmerited favor of God. Nothing you could do could ever earn grace. And if you think you deserve it, then it's not grace. Because as long as you think I deserve this, it's no longer grace. Grace is completely undeserved. The moment you realize and think that I somehow get something, I deserve this, it's no longer grace. And this is what Paul says in Ephesians. He says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by work so that no one can abound. No one can stop and say, I deserve this. I did good this week. I performed this. I did that. No, it's a gift from God. God gave it to you freely. It's nothing that you did. It's everything that he did and gave it to you as a free gift. It's undeserved, unmerited favor from God. It's the grace, the chariots of God poured out into your life. I think John was wise. I think there's no words in the scripture that come coincidentally or accidentally. I think everything's on purpose, for a purpose. And so when John wrote... Jesus was full of grace and truth. I think there's a reason why he put grace first. And not truth first. Right? Jesus was full of grace and truth. But he put grace first. Because here's the truth. We have to be led by grace. And then we can share truth. If you're not led by grace, 
your truth becomes irrelevant. Because no one even wants to hear it if you're not led by grace. I want you to think about this for a second. You're sitting here with other people next to you. I want you to turn and look at your left side and your right side. Look at the people on your row. Give them a wave. Yeah, hey, good to see you. All right? So imagine, hey, there's a row of people up here. We're all sitting here. Here's a row of people in church, right? Right? Let me give you some examples. Here's a mom who loves coming to church on Sunday. She loves Jesus. But she has this friend that sometimes she envies. You know, sometimes you have a friend of me. <laughs> you know what that is? A friend who sometimes you envy. She loves people, but she's a bit envious of this person that seems to be going a little bit head in line. She has a nice new car, and a fancy new house, and a big screen TV. And so, yes, she wants to love God, but she's a little bit jealous. Do you think she needs grace? How about her husband sitting right next to her? He loves work. He enjoys work. You know, but he likes the money. He just likes the money a little bit too much because the money brings some good stuff. And then we have this other little sweet old lady over here. She loves God and she leads an amazing life. But she's a bit frustrated. She has some pent up aggression against her mom. Because her mom didn't love her the way she thought she should. Do you think they both need grace? What about this college guy? You know, he's at college and he's hanging out and he goes to a little bit of a party now and then and he sleeps around. But he comes on Sunday because he wants to be in church. Do you think he needs a little bit of grace? I want you to turn again and look at the person next to you. And next to them, this other guy, he is, loves Jesus. But he loves telling other people that they're not in the truth. And how you don't dress right and you should act right and you should dress to please Jesus. Do you think he needs a little bit of grace? What about the person sitting next to you? Do you know what they're going through? Do you know what they're struggling with? Do you think they need a little bit of grace? think so? What about you? Is your life perfect? Is everything together? Do you think you need a little bit of grace? I think we all need a little bit of grace, right? And sometimes the church has inadvertently got this wrong. We've tried to shove truth down people's throats and we forgot about the little bit of grace that makes the medicine go down well. See, when I came to church, it was all about how you look, how you dress, how you speak, how you act. So if you dress right and behave right, then maybe you can belong. Right? If you have it together. So if you believe and then behave, then you can belong. I'm so glad that we're not in that church that way. Because at this church, you can belong before you even get it together. Because it's all about belonging. Jesus came 
to give us a full dose of grace and truth. And you can belong. And maybe you're not at a place to go, you know what, I've not made a decision yet on this Jesus character. I'm not sure who he is, but I'm coming on Sunday because I like the atmosphere. These people are cool. And I'm getting to hear a little bit about it. That's okay. Keep coming because you can belong before you believe. You can keep coming. And we're going to love you anyway because we love grace and truth. Right? But grace comes first. Grace says this is a safe place for people to belong before they believe or even get their behavior together. This is a safe place. This is why we are here. This is why we belong to transform. This is why we are transformers because we believe in not just transforming community but transforming church. To be a church that Jesus wanted to be part of because the reality is that there's some churches where Jesus would not be allowed in. Because you know what? He hung out with the wrong people. He went to the wrong places. You can't come here. You hang out with all those people that smoke and drink. Go sit with them. Because this is a place for holy people. Does that mean that just because we administer grace, we forget about truth? Paul addressed this. He talked about it. He tells us with great insight. He tells us in Romans 6 verse 1. He says this, What shall we say then, people? Honestly, what shall we say? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Truth? We go on sinning? No. By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? If you put it away, you can still administer grace and live in truth. Grace and truth, that is what post Christians are most skeptical of because they think that when you speak the truth, that you're a hypocrite, that you're a bigot, and that you're really a hateful person. But if you administer grace and truth like Jesus did in equal quantities and be full of it, you will never get it wrong. Because Jesus was full of grace and truth. And the reality is that truth isn't restrictive. It isn't repressive. It isn't, you know, somehow trying to put people in a box. Truth is liberating. It's freeing. It's life-giving. Because the reality is that John says, because when you shall know the truth, guess what? It sets you free. You're free when you get truth. And truth isn't just rules. Truth isn't just about a, a formula. Truth isn't about just behaving some way or looking some way or talking some way. No, truth is not about behavior. Truth is a person in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the truth. But he was full of grace. You can't just give truth and forget about what his other potent component is. He was full of both, full of grace and Truth, because grace saves, but truth sets free. We have to be full. So let's stop running to team grace and team truth and, and backing up into corners and, and looking judgmentally at other people. We need to be full of both. So ask yourself a question again. What are you full of? Are you full of both grace and truth? Or are you full of one or the other? You know, the truth is, that mother who was a bit jealous of a friend, the truth is that envy rots your bones. That's the truth. 
So stop focusing on your friend and start focusing on how you can build your life. That, that husband of hers that's running after money, money can give you everything. The truth is, you need to stop chasing after money and start loving Jesus. And it will set you free from the addiction of greed. And the truth is, that woman who's a sweet old lady that loves to leave life group but has anger against her mom, if you don't forgive, you're going to rot and have sickness in your body because the stress of it is going to destroy you. You need to learn how to forgive. That's the truth. Forgiveness sets you free. That guy, that, that college guy who's been sleeping around, he thinks he's looking for love in so many different places. But the truth is he needs to find love. And true love is in Jesus. That's the truth. That's going to set him free. Right? And that judgmental guy on your road who always looks down on people, stop being filled with judgment and let grace flood his life. You'll have more people who listen to you and receive your word. That's the truth. See, all of them need grace and all of them need truth. And it's together that sets them free. We need to be people full of grace and truth. Because grace saves and truth frees. We have to get it right. We don't have to be anxious for anything. We don't have to be stressed with anything because Jesus is full of grace and truth. Let me tell you that again. You know who Jesus is? Jesus is the Word made flesh because He's full of grace and truth. And the truth is that Jesus is the chain breaker. He's the life giver. He is the one that gives us sustenance. He is the one that gives us intimacy with God. He is the one that gives us all that we can ever have and live a life of success. That is truth. But He's also the one that grace, that gives grace when we are messed up and far from God and we didn't even know God. He gave us life and brought us home to be part of an amazing family. And that is grace. Our merited favor, you know, undeserved, continuing to overflow into our life. It comes from Him. He is full of grace and truth. Grace lavished on us. Grace flooded into our life. Grace was the dam that broke free, that flowed through into our life. The cross represented the grace of God, but it was also the truth setter. Grace and truth. So, Transformers, what are you full of? Are you full of grace and truth? If you see Jesus for who he really is, as John describes him, he was only the Son of God, full of grace and truth. So let's not pick teams in the church, right? Let's not settle for team grace or team truth. Let's be team Jesus. Because guess what? He always picks you for his team. You never get left out. You are always on his team. So let's be team Jesus, full of grace and truth. See, and if you're here for the first time and you've never heard the message of Jesus, I want you to know again, you're welcome here. Because we believe that you don't have to be perfect to follow Jesus. You don't have to get your life together to follow Jesus. He does that. You don't need to do it because He does that for you. You'll receive truth here, but you'll also receive grace. We'll never compromise and say, you know what, Jesus is just an option. No, Jesus is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. 
just because you follow Jesus, you aren't going to be immune from problems. But you will have this one important factor that no matter what you go through, He is with you. He is with you. And He can guide you through the most difficult situation in your life because He is full of grace and truth. So, let me just conclude this by saying this. Jesus came to show not just us, but the world, that there is a place where you can be loved and embraced, but you can also be set free. Free from the problems that plague your life, that you are so distracted by chasing after so many different things that will never ever be fulfilled. I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. The only true addiction in life should be your own. Because it's only drug, if you can use it in that term, that will never have you being craved or addicted to something because God gives you more than you could possibly imagine and even more than that. You have freedom and liberty and grace and truth in Jesus. He is full of it. So the only question left for us to ask ourselves is, what are we full of? Are we full of just one or the other? Or are we full like Jesus? Full of grace and truth. As always, I'm going to leave you with two questions. These questions, if you lean into them, are going to help you in your walk with God, in your maturity as a Christ follower and also hopefully take away something that will sustain you through the week. So, if you could read John's beautiful introduction of Jesus in John chapter 1. Beautiful, amazing, powerful, reminiscent of Genesis chapter 1. Read John chapter 1 and ask yourself the question, how can you distribute grace and truth to somebody today? Or maybe not just today, but this week. How about your boss? neighbor, your friend, your co-worker? Can you invite them to church? Can you share your story without bashing them? Just share your story, because when you share your story, Jesus is in your story. Right? Bring them along. This is a place filled with grace and truth. So ask yourself, as we pray, we're about to pray. Ask God to deposit someone on your heart. You say, God, who can I administer grace and truth to this week? And maybe he'll drop someone on your spirit. And you can pray towards that. Maybe you can't do it the next week or the next month. Even. Maybe it's going to take you a year to build up the courage towards it. But as long as you're taking a step in the direction, as long as you're moving in that direction, it doesn't matter how fast you're moving, as long as you're moving in that direction, it's the right place to go. So it might, some of you might be going just like this at a time, some of you might take a large step, but whatever you're doing, ask God to lead you and not have you stand still and move. And number two, Ask yourself this question. Have you gone to the extreme of team grace or team truth? Have you ended up in a corner? And you know, Sometimes we drift. We don't 
necessarily plan to do it, but we drift in certain areas because, you know, this is important. And of course, grace is important. Of course, truth is important. But we can't just pick one or the other. Jesus was full of both. Right? So have you found yourself drifting to one side or the other, to one team or the other, or to one corner or to the other, and you've kind of left Jesus standing alone in the middle? Because you felt an affinity to this, an affinity to that, and that's important, and that's more important, whatever it is. But see, Jesus didn't take sides. So have you found yourself drifting? Then ask yourself, how can you be full of grace and truth? Maybe this week is the day or the week that you need to get some junk out of your system. <laughs> You've put a whole bunch of stuff in it. Maybe the church has thrown stuff in your life as well that's caused you to have certain perspectives. But read what Jesus says. There's no better truth freer than Jesus, right? That's what we're talking about. So don't let people tell you something. Let Jesus tell you something. So this week, can we do that? All right, let's stand. We'll pray and close. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.